0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of SUC Talks. I'm Craig Dale, your host, and together with our special guest, we'll take a deep dive into the topics, challenges, and opportunity facing SAP users today. Please make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. I'm delighted to be joined today by Nicola Davidson, head of SAP at KCA DoTag, and today's episode is the latest now series of interviews with senior IT leaders to hear about their career highs, lows, and tips for getting ahead and the challenges they've faced throughout their career. So welcome, Nicola. Thank you. As this is another episode we're recording around Easter, it got me thinking about Lent. And with that in mind, what would you say is your biggest vice, Nicola? I think mine is Sweet and Crisps. I can eat bags and bags of them on an evening watching TV. So where where does yours lie?
1: Um, Unfortunately, it's it's probably expensive wine. Um, I I probably indulge a little too much in that. And, um, yeah, that's something I definitely should think about uh, reducing for Lent. That's for sure.
0: Um, Oh, I would argue against that, to be perfectly honest with that. I think think an expensive wine is a uh, pleasure. I I wouldn't call it a vice. No, no, no. Just keep enjoying it. Uh, Okay, thank you for that. And, you know, uh, again, uh, welcome. And just to get us started, I thought we'd maybe try and go back to the beginning, so to speak. And uh, how did you get into IT and how did you end up in the field of SAP?
1: Well, I, um, my, my degree, um, starting there, uh, was a mixture of a business enge- electrical engineering degree. Um, so I always wanted to have a technical element to whatever I did, but I also wanted to learn about business. And as I went through that degree, we became more, um, I had more exposure to management information systems. And um, so that, that was where sort of systems kind of um, came into it. And when I left uni, I went right into a business analyst role, loved it. And then I moved into a more project management role, which was hands-off. And I desperately wanted to get back into the hands-on side of of IT. So I, um, no SAP experience at all, joined um, a company uh, in Aberdeen, actually a SAP partner called AppSoft. And I joined Um, um, there with professional experience but no SAP experience at all Um, so they put me through my training which I'm eternally grateful for they exposed me to SAP so I started life actually as a SAP CRM consultant and and that was um, probably about oh my goodness it's uh, about 12-13 years ago.
0: Oh wow and you know so how how did you land your your current role?
1: Um, So my current role um, obviously is at KCA DoITag um i actually from the time um i, I was at absoft um, i did come into contact with um casey doitag and um, because i retrained in the sap mm area and i was actually a trainer um, so i used to go to clients um and train scp um around um 2008 i uh became pregnant with my my eldest child and um didn't want to travel uh, you know, as much as I did as when I was a working SAP consultant. So an opportunity came up at KCA Doitag and, and I moved over there as a staff member. Um, I went in as a SAP MM consultant and worked with the supply chain area of KCA Doitag um, for a number of years. I then um, was promoted up to a SAP functional lead, which then meant I was responsible for all the SAP functional um consultants within tag, so it meant taking responsibility for HR payroll, um, for plant maintenance, for FICO, um, and as a SAP MM consultant, that's challenging uh, because all I know was MM. Um, so did that for a number of years and then promoted to SAP manager, which took in a little bit more responsibility, including the BW and analytics team, and then just before lockdown, um, I was promoted to head of SAP, um, and that is now responsible for the whole SAP estate within KCA Doidhag. So I really have worked uh, from, from the bottom up.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations. And, and how big is your team? Um,
1: I have a team of around 15, um, which comprises of a basis group, um, security and authorizations, functional team and a development group. So they're primarily based in um, Aberdeen, but um, we have some remote people supporting us who are employees. And I also have some team out in Germany.
0: Oh, thank you. And if I remember rightly, Doytag is a drilling engineering company. And does that bring with it any particular challenges or requirements for your use of SAP?
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, The implementation of SCP into KCA Doigtag took place around 2006. At that point, KCA Doigtag was a different animal than it is today. Um, KCA Mm Doigtag is now a sort of world-renowned global drilling company. We operate um, across the Middle East. and and in europe and obviously in the north sea um but when sap was first implemented we only really had operations at the north sea in germany so the template um has remained the same but our organization hasn't and then that's the challenges that we we face at the moment is ensuring that the the sap system continues to evolve to support um you know our growing business
0: Great. and looking towards the future what 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 are your plans for SAP? I
1: think like everybody, we're on the holy grail of S4, <laughs> S4 HANA. We're not there yet. Um, we run uh, we currently run ECC on an Azure platform. So you know, we're, we're already on that cloud platform. However, we're very much uh, looking towards S4 HANA. We just recently completed um, the implementation of BW for HANA which I saw as us dipping the toe in that technology. Um, And that was a great project for us just to get our hands on the technology. And it it gives us a springboard from from which to move to S4HANA. And so that's my my long term uh, strategy for SAP within within the group. Um, We also have uh, quite a, a wide range of in, in-house uh, applications. So we use a mix of Fiori and in-house built applications. And I want to continue the use of that because it makes SAP more accessible to a lot of the people within our organisation. Um, the use of apps makes it easier to use and you know, it allows for easier adoption for people on rigs side who, who maybe don't have the same IT skills as, as those in the office. So that's another... Um, you know a strategic direction that we're looking at is is the usability and and getting the adoption of SAP high within the organisation.
0: Oh excellent excellent so it's you've got plenty to keep you busy there for the coming years. Absolutely
1: I mean the business continues to to grow um, each year and there's always a new challenge.
0: Yeah, and and talking about challenges, and, and you mentioned obviously where where you, your team's based and uh, the different locations now, and what what challenges did the pandemic pose to you in your day to day job, and, and how did you come up, overcome them?
1: The I think technically we were still able to perform, you know, our roles. We we're still able to deliver SAP solutions to the business. However, I think the thing we all struggled with is that I'm used to having a team around me in an office where ideas can be discussed readily without having to set up a team's call, without having to, you know, get that. It was very fluid, very organic the way that, that we spoke. And I think we missed that. We were all taken away. We were all in our homes. Um, and I'm also very much a people person I like knocking on people's door and speaking to them face to face and I struggled uh with that in the initial days of of you know trying to work through the the pandemic and everybody working remotely and I really tried to encourage an ethos of teamwork within the SAP team because I believe that's where we get the successful delivery of of projects from so it was really the thing I found challenging was being you know away from everyone however we used to have we called elevens so we'd all have our tea break virtually at the same time so we could chat and you'll start off chatting about SAP and and we'll get some ideas going and then you talk about what was on television last night and I think that's important because we needed that team to stay cohesive and stay together Um, and we also did things like we'd have quizzes and, and it was really about keeping that team teamwork going and also I had to really make an effort to make sure I spoke to those people I would usually meet them at the tea room um, and get the information that I would never hear through an email. So it was really about making an effort to keep connected with with, uh, my colleagues.
0: Excellent. I can certainly relate to that. It's one of, one of the things we did with, with our volunteer community because we weren't seeing them face to face at all. And, you know, we, we set up eg- exactly as, as you called it. We we call it, set it up as a Friday as uh, call where where we could all get together with a yeah. cup of tea, coffee and, and have a chat. I, th- I think, you know, through that period, it was very, very important to people to, to keep in touch and, and keep that you know, human connection Absolutely. going. And, and when, when you're looking for, for help on SAP-related matters, you know, where, where, which areas do you turn to?
1: The SAP community in Aberdeen in particular is very small. Um, we all know one another, and our, my network is very strong here. Because of the specifics that um, the oil and gas industry bring, it's sometimes good to turn to that network because it's close by. We use the SAP user group hugely, Um, I have met so many people through that forum. I think it's valuable because you get the warts and all story um, from the user group and Mm -hmm. and, um, people are very honest and willing to share, which I think is great. And also... Takes. I, also, I always think if you go to SAP for help, there's an element of pre-sales there, which um, sometimes it is not helpful. Um, so, yeah, I think my network, and, and we do use the user group fully at, at KCA.Tag. Excellent,
0: excellent. Thank you. And, you know, just on, you know, taking that, that support uh, element a little bit further, what, how would you rate the level of support provided by software vendors and IT partners?
1: I think it varies um, between... and. I, found, I think it varies between vendors um, who provide SAP support. Um, we've had good and bad experiences. Um, we, we don't have at the moment uh, um, one partner who helps us. Um, we're very self-sufficient and we'll buy and resource where, where we need it. Um, but I think it, it depends on the relationship as well. I think you forge with these vendors. Um, I spoke to a colleague um, the other day from an organisation in uh, Aberdeen who used a partner that I had used and had a totally different experience. So I think it's how you um, engage with them uh, kind of determines the, the level of support and the, the level of expertise that you get.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, just just touching on that piece where you talked about the relationships you build and you know, I always said that you know you don't do business with organizations you do it yeah. with people and you know it, I kind of added to that recently from uh, conversations that I've had with a lot of people is like you know you do business with people you like and you know those relationships are, are of vital importance and you know maintaining them uh, is important on both sides because you know it it is it it's all about relationships and you know when you look at that and obviously how you work with with vendors etc are there any key areas for improvement that you see
1: i i think you've you've hit the nail on the head for me i i work very much on relationships and sometimes i get frustrated when vendors throw so many people at you When, in fact, (laughs) and and I think that you've got no chance of engaging with a room full of people. And I do like the the vendors that, you know, I'll have one point of contact, I'll get that relationship going and then we bring in new people. I find it it very pre-salesy to just be thrown at a room full of consultants. Um, so yeah, I think that personal touch does help, and I'm I'm seeing that more and more um, from from the larger organisations. So, I mean, the people that that we use, I will have um, I have good relationships with, with the people that I will keep going back to because I know they won't throw a load of consultants at me. Uh,
0: yeah, very true. And just on. on... You know, just going back to what you said, and obviously you mentioned UK, so an engagement in in the user group. Uh, how how important do do you see the role of, of user groups and, and user communities?
1: I, I think it's I think it's a great organisation. I've been part of, of the user group um, for for a, a while now, and um, I usually attend. My background, obviously, supply chain, so I've attended a number um, of the supply chain user groups. I think they're great for networking. I think they're great to see what your peers are doing. Um, It's good to ask questions. Um, I I, I miss the face-to-face ones. I have to say, I think the last one I attended was down in Clockhouse, and that was a great. um, We talked about um, S4. We talked about um, some of the specifics from the oil and gas industry, and that. And it was good to talk to people face to face, and make those connections. Um, And you know you'll always find an organization that is on a journey similar to you or that you've done and i think the sharing of those experiences is key and that's what makes it so valuable to to us
0: And I I would completely agree with that. And, you know, we're we're getting back into the face to face arena now, you know, step by step. Some uh, we're kind of living in, I suppose, a hybrid way at the moment. Some some meetings are continuing online and others are having uh, meetings face to face. We had our analytics symposium Mm -hmm. recently uh, as a face to face event. And we're looking to build out more and more as we go forward. Uh, you seem to have a quite a varied career, uh, with, with experience from public sector at, at the local authority to large IT enterprises like Sea Rocks. How has that varied experience given you any specific tips you can share with our listeners about managing large IT projects?
1: Yeah, the um, local authority one was an interesting one. Um, when you move from that into the oil and gas industry, it blows your mind. You go from a very frugal um, organization and thinking about spending other people's money when you're implementing IT services. When you move to the oil and gas industry, it used to be um, it's, it's, it's very much a change industry these days. Um, you had a little bit more resource, let's say, to, to, to undertake those projects. Um, However, I think in every project and and the ones that have been successful, what resonates to me is a good project structure, a good um, understanding of the roles and responsibilities and a good understanding of who the decision maker is. Um, We can have the best technical people in the world on it and the best resource, but if there's no one there taking that ownership of decisions um, and knowing your roles and responsibilities, delivery can be slow. Um, So, I think that's what I've always found, regardless of the size of the organisation. And you don't need a a cast of thousands to have a robust project structure. But I think having the right one in place that everyone knows the roles and responsibilities with that defined decision maker uh, goes a long way to a project success.
0: Thank you. And I suppose, you know, the reverse of some of those other things not to do but is there anything else in in mind that organization should avoid doing
1: i think there's so many project methodologies out there and i know for instance um when i was at the local authority they were very big on prints now prince is so bureaucratic i don't think you get anything done for getting the stuff set up so i think um, you know, organisations have to be mindful that, yeah, we need change governance, we need um, structure, but, you know, it has to be tempered and that we can still allow the project to run and, and get that deliverable. So I, I think there, in, in some instances, it's to keep an eye on the, on the bureaucracy, I guess, around project management.
0: I understand that.
1: Hi, we're the UK and
0: Ireland SAP
1: user group. Did you know we're a fiercely independent not-for-profit, Did you know we're a vibrant community of over 6,500 SAP users? And did you know we help each other by sharing resources, championing education and influencing SAP's future development? Well, you do now. If you'd like to get the most from your SAP investments and be in the know, visit our website, sapusers.org forward slash pod. We hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast.
0: And and just a question now um, around, obviously, your progress and and your success through you know we created uh we launched our women in sap community uh last year and have a number of events running through this year and and long into the future planned are there any tips that you would give uh kind of a, a young woman perhaps coming into the world of sap or it on what they should be thinking about and and looking forward to progress through their career
1: I think um with anyone and, and not just a woman, it's a, uh, you know it's it's that desire to learn, and um, to listen from your peers. Um you know, I, I everybody that I have met through SAP, um I've taken something from, whether it be good or, or bad. Um but I have really enjoyed my journey into SAP because of the people that I have surrounded. Um I find I find SAP a fascinating product and um, you know it's, it's that interest and desire I've never really thought about um, me being a woman in SAP I've always thought about me as being part of a team um, and there although there have been days when I've sat in a meeting and thought gosh I'm the only woman here but it's a fleeting thought and then it moves on and I think that's important recognize you are a woman you don't have to change that I, I don't think we women should I think women bring a different quality to project environments. They bring a different thought process, which you know um, can sometimes uh, help in a team dynamic. So I think it's being mindful um, of who you are, stay true to who you are, but um, I just think you're like anybody else. It's a, it's a want and a thirst to learn and a thirst to actually listen um, to those around you.
0: Thank you, really appreciate that. And, you know, as, as we come towards a close now and, you know, if you looked into your crystal ball, what do you think might be the biggest change we're going to see in IT in the next five years?
1: Um, that's a difficult one because who could have believed two years ago the change that we've gone through <laughs> <That's> <laughs> with the use, the use <laughs> of Teams and, um, you know, Zoom and, and products like this. <laughs> I think, you know, within my industry, we're pressed on cost, as I, I, I um, guess through many industries, um, the pandemic has, has given us cost restraints. So it, it feels that there's going to be an increase in looking in things like RPA for automation um, of processes. Um, I think the challenge varies that businesses think that digitalization equals cost savings, and, and they do. However, we still need those people. To make sure the digitalization happens, um, so it's, it's keeping that that balance um, as well as and and with specifically thinking about SAP in the next five years, you know I see and hear about all these companies on their journey to S four, the challenges, the resource. Do we have the skill sets available yeah. to get there? And I think that's that's going to be interesting um, looking ahead to to see how we navigate uh, that journey
0: thank you thank you very much nicola and and yes the skills is is something i come across very very regularly and it's it's what kind of prompted us to write a paper on it i think at the end of 2020 and then that move towards uh, kind of the, the cost of change as well and, and how you factor yeah. that into uh change and your journey towards s4 hannah etc uh, it, it, it is a complex field and uh, you know there there are like you said lots of resources and support out there to help you through it and you know Getting and ensuring we've got enough skills in the market is, is vital to get everybody through to S4 safely. Yeah, I think. Uh, we certainly don't want to turn into another year 2K uh, scenario.
1: Yes, and unfortunately, I still remember year 2K, so.
0: <laughs> 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 but Nicola, thank you so much for, for your welcome. time and insights. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, I, I hope, uh, you know, if, if, this, if there's something you're taking away from this as well, it's a good thing and not a bad thing. <laughs> and, and you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And to our listeners, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the conversation and found it valuable. Uh, please make sure you subscribe so you never miss uh, one of our future senior IT leader interviews. And until the next time, stay safe, stay well, and keep watching your channel.